0: out you're on YouTube as well and it is on, on YouTube are you I am scary boy as well
1: um yeah 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 it's on all oh. streaming platforms I have it on SoundCloud also it's a. Uh, it's I am scary boy
0: perfect so this is a scary uh with their latest release take a hit which came out and uh, you're gonna have a listen to it now thank you very much scary for being on the show we're at them thank 101.9 Under my underwear (laughs) Yeah <laughs>
1: Hi, welcome back to CITR 101.9 FM. You're listening to Real World. I'm your host, Jin, and uh, today I'm joined by uh, Radio Liaison Junior, uh, Anvi Kumar. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Um, Yeah, we're broadcasting. uh, CITR is located in the territory on the UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Um, And uh, just to give some more context about the show, uh, Real World is associated with UBC Film Soc, one of the oldest clubs on campus. Um, uh, Yeah, this is a space talk about films that we've watched and like and want to dissect with other people a bit more. yeah. So thanks for joining Anvi. This is, I'm excited. So today we're going to talk about <laughs> was yeah, thank you. Um, sorry, could you say it again? It's a little crackly. <laughs> it's
2: a little. Yeah. It's, it's been breaking up a little. Is this, is this fine? Can you hear me fine now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the most part it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah okay cool um so today we're gonna talk about shirkers um released in 2018 and written and directed by sandy tan um yeah so i uh yeah i was just like browsing around for a movie to watch (laughs) and um so i really uh i wanted something kind of accessible um for 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 this show, really, Um, so something on a streaming platform at least. uh, And Shirkers was on Netflix, and um, yeah, I was really drawn to the aesthetics of it, and yeah, yeah, just like reading a brief synopsis of what it was about. Um, So yeah, let's just get into it. Um, I I really liked the film, like in in the way. Like, like in the way it sort of really dramatized everything uh, with with the way that Sandy decided to tell the story, which I thought was an interesting approach to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. For me too, like, uh, especially what stood out to me was like the editing and the use of like craft to like <laughs> depict, the, depict the scenes and the images in the, in the movie. Because um, it was essentially a story about a story. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. about a story, about a story. Like it
1: could go <laughs>
2: in many layers. Um, and yeah, because
1: it's it's more about George Cardona. Yeah. You know? Or I mean, yeah, half of it is about George Cardona, who, um, and then half of it is about this film production, and then like in the middle, you know, these the two things meet. But yeah, yeah. I guess we should okay. Yeah, just a brief, a little <laughs> brief summary. Um, I'll give that. Uh, I'll sort of explain it first, and then. Uh, also feel free to add anything to the summary if you want. So in in the stock film uh by Sandy Tan, uh she recounts you know this experience of uh making a full full indie movie with this guy, uh George Cardona and her friends Jasmine and Sophia. Um and in yeah, like you're saying, Envy, it's like uh in terms of like how it was. How the story was told. Um, it, it was kind of like being once. Once Sandy was finally able to retrieve all the footage, which George Cardona had been withholding for like twenty plus years after they finished mm-hmm. production. Um, yeah, she decided to make uh, this documentary. Sort of, really. Uh, I I feel like, yeah, in the way she words it, very much like a way for her to finally be able to tell the story and also sort of a healing process for her as she like revisits everyone who's involved in this production and interviews them. Uh, yeah, do you have anything yeah. to add to that? Theory? Yeah, yeah, like what
2: time. really stood out to me was like the time jump because when they made Shirkers they were like 18 or 19 years old and now they're in their 40s like they're like accomplished women who have this career and like suffered this trauma of losing like their art basically because somebody stole it um uh, Mm -hmm. and and it's just it it felt like it was the like the documentary was kind of catharsis for that loss that they felt but then also the Mm -hmm. joy of finding it like getting it back and uh I really want to watch Shirkers the movie like the movie the movie not the documentary
1: (laughs) (laughs) kind of same it's 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 because I mean especially with um yeah just like ju- the the visuals of it that they were able to yeah and it, it, like you said like it's so crazy that they're so young and doing all this mm-hmm. um and the movie like all the bits that she like puts into this documentary like like shirkers looks just so beautiful like all the colors and the yeah. nostalgia of it and the fashion um yeah.
2: like i like because like the quality is so good and it's like it just sugars didn't even like the 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 footage from the movie didn't even look like it was like a old. It was just like looked like a movie with really good set design and costume design because it just was so mm-hmm. like um like like I think uh, Sandy described it as like a time capsule because mm-hmm. she could see she could just go back in time and look at this movie that she made and in a time which no longer exists and in a Singapore that no longer exists, which was really interesting how like, the difference in her movie just, like, put that into perspective, how, like, Singapore has changed so much in the past 20 years, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about Singapore, uh, I don't know anything about Singapore film scene, but, like, after watching this, I'm kind, I'm kind of interested to find out, because, uh, it's something I had no experience with, but, like, I feel like it touched on a lot of universal themes of, you know, being an artist and, uh, like having dreams and being passionate about things, uh, which was really beautiful. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think in that sort of same vein, like, like also this experience of, I, I mean, maybe probably not to the same extent as like, as like having a George Cardona in your life, but but you know, really like latching on to someone older and more experienced in order to help you with that process of like Uh becoming you know and like and like how much trust you place into these sorts of people in order to realize these you know whatever dream or project you're working on um and yeah but George Cardone is like a whole nother thing to sort of get into but um I think yeah the 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 dreams of of I, I feel like yeah, very much, like, a time capsule. Uh, I was, cannot was, believe
2: that, mm-hmm. like, this, this George Cord- Cordona character is a real person. Because I don't <laughs> think he thought of himself as, like, a real person. He thought of himself like a movie character. Because from what, what I understand from this documentary is that's how he, he behaved. But, mm-hmm. like, it's completely insane. This person is completely insane.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: this just... And, like like, the the crazy part of it is like oh he did this horrible thing to these girls who who they were friends with and like who he looked who like who looked up to them uh, to looked up to him but but no that was a thing he did like just for fun like see yeah. heart and like destroy it i guess which is uh, i think, yeah
1: mhm mhm yeah yeah i think i think i think the like the sort of psychoanalysis of him um that that sandy was attempting to do or or sort of try to unveil in in this documentary was like I, I think I think there were all these bits that came together. And I think um the two voices that I think really sort of helped a lot with understanding. I mean there are all these other voices but I feel like
0: mm.
1: but I feel like to some extent there is still like the core group of people who, who, you know, Jasmine, Sophia, and Sandy, who are working on this, I feel like they were just so, like, uh, because of their relationship to George and how close they were, mm. they were so traumatized by yeah. it, um, but I do think that um, Sophia's voice, and I can't remember the guy's name right now, but it was, like, the guy he worked with in New Orleans. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, the guy who's, like,
1: like in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I think they provided like really sort of clear understandings of um yeah what what George George yeah
2: because I feel like for Sandy George was this character who was like romanticized in a way because she just found him so interesting and she met him when she was so young and like he knew all sorts of things and which is like like another discussion I want to do is about the power dynamics of the entire situation, but, like, but like, she was really, like, into George in terms of, like, the friendship they had and, uh, like, how invested she was in that relationship with him, but, uh, but, like, like, I, like, Sophia, or is it Sarah? I forget. She didn't like him. She didn't like him, and she had no, like, mm-hmm. and she, she could, like, mm-hmm. because, because, like, Sand, uh, Sandy was doing more of the more of the like the artwork and like more of the oh this is how it's supposed to be stuff for the yeah. movie but like Sophia was actually like getting down and dirty with like actual work like this is how it's going yeah. this is how it's not going and like she was completely fed up with George because he was really unprofessional and mm-hmm. because of because of uh, like having that perspective was really important to like understand like what the kind, what kind of person he actually was, and why it was not that surprising that he was like mm-hmm. completely batshit crazy. And sold that movie, you know. Uh,
1: well, I'm surprised that like, yeah, based on like I guess what the sentiment was, um, uh, about George from from like so many people during this production, like I'm just like surprised that like they continued. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: like or or they they're like I I mean. Yeah, there's a love for the project. But I guess like I guess like that that there wasn't like some sort of consensus or like vote. Yeah. Uh, especially after like he just like straight up didn't film for that one scene at the bowling alley where they were like they they were there the whole day and then and then he said something like along the lines of like, uh, oh yeah, the camera jammed on the first take, you know, at the beginning of the day and he just didn't mention it. And yeah. they spent the whole day um you know doing that and then they went back the next day to do it all again because he didn't shoot any of it um so I think it's just like it, it, it's just like I know there's like a lot of like he, um I I'm like passion of course for this film and and there's this like need to keep going uh that probably was very present during on set and everything but I, I'm just like I, I just like so surprised that like
2: like it it just kind of
1: continued you know like just snowballed into like okay well yeah we got to get this done um and I guess like
2: yeah once things
1: are like going it's kind of hard to stop as well
2: it was like that scene like she also talked about how they shot this scene which was not in the script And, like, and then, like, George accidentally or on purpose showed to Sandy that, like, that, like, this entire scene that they had built this contraption for and, like, spent all this time doing, like, he he wasn't filming it because there was no film in the camera. And which really made me, like
4: like mm-hmm. like
2: scared because I was just like was he filming the entire movie like what was going on was he taking like was he making anything like was he filming anything but like obviously mm-hmm. I know that he was because like we see footage of the movie throughout the documentary mm-hmm. but like even still like that was just mm-hmm. yeah and another another part that was just really really sus to me was like when he forced uh Sophie and Sandy to take out their savings finish the movie i was just like don't trust him he's gonna steal all your
1: money (laughs) like well i guess this is where like you know like a segue into um the power dynamic thing
0: yeah
1: that uh yeah and sort of explains sort of like you know the the actions of 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 the people who were putting their trust into him because it was like they never made a film before here's this guy He's this guy who like has made films before, is very international, knows all these people, mm-hmm. and is offering help. And I think I think at that point it was just like, yeah, the power dynamics of like also just like, well, now that you're involved, now that you know, you a professional are involved in our film, um, it, it's almost like it's almost like this. I guess I'm thinking back to also like other situations that I've personally been in, but just like this need to like uh, appease what they're saying and also to just Absolutely. go with it. Um, he and, puts
2: himself in a position of authority by having one mm-hmm. experience. And like, he was literally a 40-year-old hanging out with teenagers. Like that's pretty, like that's already just red flag. <laughs> but you know, when you're- But just like so intimate
1: as well. Yeah, like, exactly. And like weirdly intimate. <laughs> like I think- I think Sophia, in one, in one like interview part, was just like, yeah, it was almost like, like, it wasn't romantic, but it also kind of was, but like in George's own way, Yeah, you know? Yeah.
2: Like he was such a, like a, like he had such an air of mystery about him because like, I think it was well established that he was like a pathological liar because he would just lie about shit, like, you know, having characters, being... <laughs> being inspired by him and like, oh, he was part of this. He was part of that. But, but um, I think, I think another thing about the power dynamics was that like, when you are young, you're not as aware of group dynamics between adults, because mostly your, your people you're surrounded by are young people like you. So, so for, it was almost like, it was so icky that he is kind of like he was preying on their dreams or something. Like he he was understanding these girls in a very uh, intimate way. And he didn't want anything from them, but like, I guess he did somehow because he stole their work, you know, stole something that was important to them, which is like pretty sick because that's like a pattern that he had developed at that point. Like he would just- Yeah,
1: no, there was such a, oh my God, when they're going into the like- Like, in the second half of the movie, when they're going into, like, all of the things and, like, digging into his past and everything, like, it was just, I think that was when it, like, like, at first, George was, like, this weird, like, man manipulating some girls in uh, in another country and, you know, feeling entitled to do that. That was one thing. And, like, the second half was just, like, oh, yeah, he's done this so many times before. And also uh lies about everything and everyone like like it's not just like to to these to the the three girls but like but like this is just like a thing in his life of pretending to be these this type of person that he's really not um Mm -hmm. and again i can't (laughs) still can't remember the guy's name but the guy that he worked with at lighthouse media Mm -hmm. um who was basically like yeah george um he he just like you know wanted to be this this thing, this like this type of person. And coming from like a place of insecurity, maybe was uh was his sort of theory coming from a place of insecurity about like his own background and his own work and how that manifests into like wanting to work and you know, quote unquote collaborate with other people. Um and then you know, unsure of whether that was, like, if his intentions are good in the beginning, but by the end, it just, like, completely warps into, like, this, this thing of, like, wanting to sabotage it, um, yeah, and in the case, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, in the case of shirkers, it's just, like, it's just, like, like, because, his protege, like, this line, this line that the same guy said, like, oh, yeah, because he's threatened by his protege being successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to just basically prevent that su- success from ever happening, or materializing, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to withhold or destroy film or film equipment um, yeah. in order to, yeah, to, to get, to, to do what I need to do, basically.
2: Yeah, because this is basically a defense mechanism, right? Like, it's um, I think it's called cutting people down, like, like just so they're near level. And, and whenever he mm. perceived them as getting like too good, uh, he would just uh, try to undermine them in order to make himself feel better. And it really manifested itself in like very like horrible ways in terms of the way he was treating these young people around him who looked up to him as a mentor. Um, especially like in the case of Ben, uh, I believe his name was who was who was writing the music for shirkers oh my god yeah <laughs> he, his, he just stole his work in front of him while threatening him like that's insane that's insane. sorry, I keep saying that's insane, but this this guy was just so so crazy it's unbelievable it's pretty insane he was yeah and and even when um that thing was ba- with Ben was like really really sad because he was just so because not only did he take like his work and his art he also took his equipment which is the only equipment he had you know and he was Mm. like a poor student like that's so sad uh yeah yeah I it's just like
1: it's just like the amount of people he wronged but also I think with Ben it was a very interesting case because it was like it was like it was this other uh side of like of like George actually being nasty and like mean, mm. yeah. uh, in a very upfront way that I don't think he really seems to present in you know in any of the other stories or not any of the but from my memory like mm. like yeah one of the moments that George really just like reveals yeah, what he's thinking for once
2: <laughs> because in the way this documentary is constructed. We don't really find out that George is a bad guy until, like, half of the movie when, when like, this this part with Ben comes up. Because at that point, we hadn't seen, like, like any, like, abusive behavior from him um, mm-hmm. in the narrative mm-hmm. of the, the documentary. Because we were like, oh, this mysterious guy, American, older. And, you know, he picked me. You know, that's what she said. He picked me, which is so, like like... So, groomy, like, like he's groom, like he's <laughs> grooming these young women for what? I don't know, but it was pretty uh, yikes, uh, very yikes inducing. Uh, but yeah. yeah, at that point we had not seen this behavior, and then, then suddenly this part with Ben comes up, and and you're just like, mm, this is not right, this is f- up, and then like, and then as an audience we discover, oh, it's gonna get even more f- up. Another thing that was just really fun up was, um, was uh, when he sent those cassettes, those tapes to um, Sophia, and uh, Jasmine came yeah. to watch them, and they were blank.
1: <laughs> was- you know, oh my god, that's another thing I really want to get into. That was crazy. Um, I think I think we need some time for a short break, play some music, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back. Uh, so. This first song is Wait For Me by Graham Maud.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
5: I
1: TransCare works to enhance the coordination of trans health services across the province and offer expanded health services to support transgender communities. They are doing this by developing gender-affirming client-centered models of service, ensuring access to gender-affirming and supportive health care that is equitable and available, and supporting network development to make sure trans and gender-diverse individuals, their families, and healthcare providers have access to information, resources, and support. Check out phsa.ca. To learn more about this program and lend your voice to help create an inclusive and supportive system for trans members of our community. Okay, and we're back. Uh, this is Real World airing on CITR 101.9 FM, um, and yeah, me, me, Jen, your host, and b are gonna continue talking about the movie Shirkers a little bit more. Um, where were we? We oh okay. We were talking about like yeah, this one moment in the film uh where um George, the uh weird man, um in the, in this entire thing that that uh yeah has has been uh was a cinematographer on this film Shirkers that was uh being Actually, what year was it? I totally forget the year that this was, that Shirkers was being. 89 or 90?
2: 89, 1989,
1: 1990. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, at this point in the film, he's, like, now, like, sent some footage or, like, just, like, cans of film to Jasmine uh, at Jasmine's workplace (laughs) and-
2: this is five years after he just dropped off the face of the earth, like, yeah, and, just, yeah, and like dropped just... all of them by like you know basically running away with their like hard work and savings in terms of celluloid, and yeah, yeah. and this is the first time he's gotten in contact or like we're us or at least what they assume is him because you know like who else would send like a bunch of tapes to them after five years,
1: mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they were all just like blank, like just snow static, and and I think that was like that was such a weird. I I think of like you know, he George did a lot of creepy things, but I think that one is just so unsettling in its own way. Cause like, cause like
2: it's so insidious. Like that's such a <gasps> joke. Mm-hmm. like joke. Mm-hmm. that's so like like. Like, oh, the like he's mentally like playing with them because he can Mm -hmm. because he's just that sort of person, which is so, which is so horrible. And Mm -hmm. so, he, what the hell was my response? (laughs) It's like you run away with a movie, and then, and then it was just the sad part was they decided, oh, we're not gonna watch it until. I think Jasmine and Sophie were together because they like but because they like were living in different cities in the u s so they like decided to meet up and they're just like we're gonna watch this entire thing, all of the tapes that we have mm-hmm. and so, so they got together after planning this and then they watched it and it was nothing
4: like mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. can't I can't even imagine the heartbreak of that and it's just such a sick joke, and it just really mm-hmm. like like I think it like crushed all the hope they had for ever finding shirkers
1: back because yeah yeah it just it because it, because like I guess on George's end as well like my assumption I guess like up until the point that they reveal that the um or not or not up until the point that they reveal that like yeah like George had died and then and then now they found all this but I guess like I, I yeah I wasn't sure how or maybe I missed it that they mentioned if they mentioned it in the beginning. But yeah, I wasn't sure how they actually got all this film back at the beginning and how they were like playing, playing these like snippets throughout the entire movie. Like yeah. I was just like waiting for them to reveal this. Um so he had the tapes all along, um, but threw the sound away. And Sophia said this line that was like, Yeah, George had his own way of loving this film because everyone on this production loved it and really cared about it and it was assumed that George did too but but in the way he was treating it it was almost like quote-unquote like necrophiliac Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he he hoarded them and uh, you know kept them in like such pristine condition like put them in a room and made sure the room was air conditioned and just like carried them with him yeah and it's you know, and across it, the world. Across
2: <laughs> the world. Like, he went to several different countries. And he just mm-hmm. lugged all of this footage, which is, like, film, film. So, this, like, taking up a lot of space, you know, it's prone to getting hurt. But he, like, like it was, like, a prized position of his. As of, like, mm-hmm. as of, like, I don't know, maybe a source of power for him. Because, like, he stole this thing that meant a lot to a, a, a lot of other people. But he just kept it with him. And like it was like, I think, I think his wife described it as like a cross around her neck or something. And it was like very like rhyme of the ancient mariner, like with the albatross, you know, like why is he carrying this movie with him everywhere? And yeah, yeah. and and yeah, like I he took it to his grave basically. Like he was not able to do anything. He didn't do anything with it. It's just so it's so absurd. Like, because we never understand his motivations. We can only look look at him as a character because he was a character in their eyes too. He wasn't really like a person who was trying to be like a genuine human being of some sorts. He wanted, he wanted to be a mystery and that's what he was. And I guess um, in doing that, he would act out in really inappropriate ways. But
1: what a dude, man. What a dude.
2: Yeah,
1: I think... I think there's this, and this is also, like, very much trying to under, like, uh, trying to understand George through, I think, it, like, everyone has a common, common understanding of, of George, I feel like, in in this movie, um, but, uh, you know, obviously, Sandy's, or not obviously, but I think Sandy's voice definitely, like, comes through a lot more, and she, like, helped edit this, of course, um. And there's this like she says there's this theme of finding nothing when you peel back the layers of George,
5: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and I feel like in uh, you know in the documentary as a whole and sort of thinking about this I feel like I feel like we are still trying to understand George through through the way Sandy's telling this to us and I feel like there is there is you know similar to Sandy we are like you know after hearing like all of these things about him it's like we are trying to build we're trying to understand his intentions as much as she is Mm -hmm. Um, and and I almost feel like I almost feel like 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 yes it's important to talk about him but also like like there's so much that much power yeah I mean yeah kind of like that yeah 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 like like it's almost like, like I just feel like when she said that, like, yeah, there's like really nothing to him. Like, I just feel like that was the vibe I was getting, like the entire movie as well. Like I was like oh. Yeah,
2: like like basically the mm-hmm. entire point was like, oh, you can be whatever, like this basic like Manic Pixie Dream Girl stock character pretending to be mysterious, but like you're still a shitty person who did shitty things. And that's what he is at the end for him, he's not this mysterious guy who's really cool when they were like a teenager. He was this horrible person who who just like who like really like scarred them like gave them like intense trauma. because mm-hmm. is the thing he did, and
4: mm-hmm.
2: which is which is what she's speaking to is like George is nothing to envy or, you know, like we shouldn't look at George the way like nineteen-year-old Sandy
1: was looking at George. Yeah, which I think, yeah. which I think part of the voice of or like her voice is still, um, you know, understandably kind of doing that
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in 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 the thing like like um you know what's chosen to what what kind of details are chosen uh to be to be discussed and dissected mm-hmm. um is also important i think um cuz there were like very select moments um that are revealed to us but i feel like i feel like for sure there's like still more and i feel like we didn't really hear enough from or and maybe she didn't want to talk about him but we didn't really hear enough from like george's widow yeah
0: um, I, I think and like the
1: most i really got was like the car ride where yeah. like i felt like i heard her voice the most of just like trying to find like
2: where
1: places are located and stuff uh, in her past life with George.
2: Yeah, basically building. Because, like, I feel like even for his ex-wife, like, he was just this terrible character who was, like, not really upfront with her about his intentions or maybe Mm -hmm. he didn't have any. And another thing that, like, really shines through towards the end is, like, we're not getting a lot about what does it all mean because Sandy doesn't know what it all means because she never got to confront him because... He she she only got her movie back when he died. So there was no way to understand like what was the reason for any of this. And I feel like mm-hmm. she never got this um, closure. And none of them ever got this closure from George. In that like, why did he do this? Uh, mm-hmm. But like in learning in learning his like past behavior, there's like oh, this is a thing that he used to do in general. But there's still another. Like they had a whole. Like they knew him for years. They had a whole relationship with him in terms of friendship. They were really mm-hmm. close to him. He was really influential towards, especially Sandy.
1: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Sandy as well is 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 someone to be, also kind of like Critically like she's her her story her own story is kind of peripheral because because she's decided to focus so much um you know on the making of shirkers and george um but there's so much of her that's that's like revealed but not um like they don't take it further you know like her relationship with jasmine um i feel like that that was i that was so interesting to me i'm such a big fan of jasmine though um and and like She's just so upfront with, like, what was happening, and I feel like she was a very refreshing person to to talk, to hear hear in the film, and the way she spoke about the experience was just very, it was just so upfront, you know, of, like, It was very,
2: like, she straight up called so which mm -hmm. is that, which is that Mm -hmm, mm because in the in the documentary it's really reveal how it's basically sandy's devotion to george which is like why they're working with him not so Mm -hmm. much for jasmine and so so sophie because like they don't like him because he was he was rude and inconsistent he was uh he would he would undermine their authority which is one of Mm -hmm. the one of the scenes i think was when sophie was talking about how you know she'd um you know email back and forth very like professionally like really worked really hard to get this meeting and then Mm -hmm. right before the meeting was supposed to happen George is like okay now you go into the kitchen and I'm yeah which is which is heartbreaking harrowing because like because like she was like she and she put up this like I don't know whether to yell at him or to or to go into the kitchen because you know because ultimately it was the film that they they all cared about and they were just like oh if it's the film is going to made like i guess i will have to tolerate him which is which really speaks to like a lot of what is like prevalent in the film industry in general is just having to um, mm-hmm. having to like deal with the whims and fancies of men in power who maybe shouldn't be in power um,
0: right yeah
2: And yeah, it was so sad because, you know, like, again, like, this is, this is, this is like, none of this is just like people. This is like a grown man and teenagers. Like, I feel like putting that into perspective, like makes it makes it so much worse because because he's, he's basically like using their labor. And so is Sandy, to be honest, like she wasn't paying any of her friends to do this. Like it was a passion project for all of them and uh and Mm -hmm. then
1: yeah and
2: yeah
1: oh no continue sorry i think
2: they were just they she wasn't paying any of them he wasn't paying any of them it was a passion project for all of them and they were all, all only doing what's uh good for the film but george took the lead in doing whatever he thought was best because because they 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 were looking up to him because he had the most experience but like not the best intentions and I feel like they were not at least like Sandy was not uh mature enough or was like was not distance enough from the her relationship from George to realize that which really really harmed like uh, there were I'm not saying that this could have been avoided like her movie being stolen from because it could have been avoided because like you know George was like pretty crazy and I don't know what he would have done, regardless, because like you know, normal people just don't like steal other people's entire movie and then like hold it forever for twenty years and carry it around in different different countries. But but like there were some giant red flags that were completely being ignored, even though Jasmine and uh, Sophia were bringing it bringing them up.
1: Well, that's the thing. I feel like I feel like you know with Sandy. Especially, I feel like in making this documentary, um, and, and I did like enjoy it, but I, I feel like I feel like part of it still was just so focused on what happened with with George, you know. And I feel like like with touching on with only like 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 I feel like in in the parts where like where people involved in the production. Especially Jasmine was just like kind of complaining and like going off and ranting mm-hmm. about like other parts besides George, I guess. I mean, George was like very critical to like, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all this pain that happened, um, and was was the person who who caused a lot of it. But I think I think there are other sort of grievances that weren't um that I think Sandy was still kind of not paying enough attention to. Um in this documentary yeah. kind of yeah. But, yeah yeah yeah
2: but like
1: but like not that I, that is the point of the film but i guess just that like
2: no but like the fact I that guess, she left it in mm-hmm. just just because it's her movie like she left in that's her true. criticism, yeah. like she left in the fact that we can we can come to this conclusion of on our own that like hey 19 year old sandy was an asshole um mm-hmm. it's 40 year old sandy this way probably not maybe she's grown I mean she's putting that in a movie about her when she was 19 right um mm-hmm. but the fact that she put it in I feel like is some sort of like um like perspectives to how she's looking at it now um mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: rather than yeah at it before because
1: yeah like, like for sure like um different yeah. different sandy you know yeah. now because yeah. it's
2: just it's the difference is huge like like the movie they made was in 1989 and then they got it back 20 years later like she was in her mid-30s it's insane like it took so long um but also
1: just like how much she still carries from that like like she wrote that like book like she became a writer and like wrote that book about um that was similar to I forget the name of the book, but but it was you know similar. It was this character, this like young girl who's also being manipulated by like an older man in her story. Yeah. Um and and so that's like one example, but um, yeah, for sure, like still is a part of also just the work she creates, you know, just like besides the personal part of it. But yeah. like
2: mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it really like like it was really sad because she was talking about she was manipulated by this man who basically stole like whatever a uh, piece of art that she poured her soul into when she was a young girl. And, and she talked about how when like he stole shirkers, he stole that part of her too, which was so experimental and free and willing to try uh, that like she became, she lost some of that confidence that she had in herself, which was so sad because it's really hard to get that back you know, it's not something you can just, like, yeah, like, even, I don't think, like, even though she got shirkers back eventually, like, the damage was still done, because she gave, got it back, like, 20 years later, which was, yeah, which was, like, really, like, like, I feel like a lot of the points in the movie just was brought back to the fact that this was a really traumatic event for everyone involved, especially, um, Sandy and, uh, Jasmine and Sophia,
1: Mhm mhm mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for wording all of that. Um I just realized that we should also take one more break um and then once we're back we'll just kind of wrap up um all our thoughts. Uh but yeah, this next song is Obsessed by Maya. I uh, hope you enjoy. Let me break it down for you.
3: Time. I never want to see you smile without me Let me tell you everything on my mind I never want to see you successful without me It's selfish, I know this I want us to keep it pure Keep it pure Radio show is brewed fresh and served fresh at the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead, let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed, <laughs> Dunkin'' Donuts serving sweet treats from the Pop Underground Thursdays, noon to one.
1: This is real world. We're back uh, again, <laughs> just wrapping up on our discussion today about the film Shirkers. Um, so, let me just check. So, there' okay. One thing I also wanted to mention, which I mean, I feel like throughout this entire conversation, we kind of like mm-hmm. talked about, but I guess like very explicitly, like, um, the fact that like it was a different. Well, okay, the one like sort of man voice that we get of like some a man who has worked with George also had a similar experience, but was also kind of different than than his working relationship with a woman, it seemed, you know, like the way that um because most of the people and like this other person in new orleans i forget her name as well but the blonde woman who like helped him oh, yeah. write that script
2: oh yeah yeah um that, that i forget what her and name just
1: was. was like that went on for like five years you know yeah. and she was like how did i become an intern and then you know it's similar with with like the group of 19 year olds mm-hmm. a bit
0: more